Coming up on episode 46 of The Unscrewed Mind, Rusty and I are talking about self-perception is the key. We talk a lot about self-concept, self-esteem, self-efficacy, self-respect, and how important it is to know who you are and what your value is. We also talk about uh, 10 secrets of people that have a positive self-perception. And then we have a little fun and talk about the top 10 board games of all time and what our favorite board games are. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Unscrewed Mind, episode 46. And we're going to be talking about self-perception today and how it is the key to so many of you guys' problems and was for sure a problem that I had to overcome and everyone has to overcome to get to the place where they really want to be. Wouldn't you say, Matt, that that's a accurate statement? I agree. I agree. How I perceive myself holds me back or it props me up. So I think sometimes it can be a good thing, um, but a lot of times it's a bad thing. So understanding that it's there, knowing how to counteract it and overcome it is a key to success for a lot of people. Right. And it's just like, you know, are you just in all situations, your perception of yourself and the perception of the situation are tied in so closely and people don't realize that there's a programming or a makeup that has been built over years and they're sitting there looking at a situation, reacting to the situation, the exact same that they have for years and years and years, getting a result that they don't like and wondering why that is happening. Mm-hmm. Why is something outside of me not changing? And, you know, for me, it's been difficult to really agree wholeheartedly with that all the time because you just want certain situations for it to be the opposite of that. You want it to be like, this is the one thing that stands out and has nothing to do with me and has Mm -hmm. everything to do with the outside circumstance. And I, I just, the, the other night I, I texted Matt and I knew that this is what we were going to be talking about this week because it just, I don't, I don't know. I just felt overwhelmed by the feeling about it because it was like a breakthrough for me in the fact that I've read this, I've heard this, I've seen it hundreds of times and it just really doesn't click. Something, some things don't click until they click. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's just a constant evolution of my understanding of things. And everyone that's out there on this journey to improve themselves, to become better, to do something they've never done before. You just have to take it all in and slowly and enjoy the path that you're on because you're going to learn stuff that you thought you already learned several years ago. And it's going to blow your mind. I mean, it blows my mind. I, I think that uh, Matt is, is a lot of the same on that, but you, you definitely don't uh, get as excited as I do about simple things like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's it. I don't think that's it at all. I'm just, I'm not moved quite as often. 
I'm I'm locked in my head a little bit more. You're a little bit you're freer than I daydreaming. am for some reason. Daydreaming it out. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I want to I told you um before we started recording that I went down a rabbit hole this morning reading about self perception and you know some psychology websites and some other stuff. And I'm not a professional. I encourage everyone to do their own research, but I think it's important to um which wait wait, which may be a good thing. In yes. This situation. Yeah. The fact that you're not a professional means that you're able to objectively look at it. And mm-hmm. anyway, keep going. To, to make my own opinion, which is important. Right. Not to follow the opinions of others or, you know, um, subscribe to groupthink because I don't want to be seen as some sort of crackpot that is mm-hmm. counterculture. But I mean, that's a digression. So that's your perception. But yeah. That's my perception of a digression. So self-perception is the perception of self, right? We'll just flip that word around. But it's how we see ourselves, an image we hold about ourselves and our traits and all the judgments we make about those traits. So you go one layer deeper, and self-perception is made up of two other selves. Self-concept, which is our overall knowledge of who we are. And I would insert here that a lot of people probably don't know who they are. They just have thoughts about it or they've never sat down and really asked themselves a question, who am I? The other part of self is self-esteem, which is our perception of our value. So based on who I am, what's the value of that? And that value is assigned by uh, outside sources a lot of the times, which can... um you know, lower your self-perception because maybe you don't think you have as much value as the environment needs. So um, from there, self-esteem has two selves associated with it. So we have self-efficacy, which is your confidence in yourself. And then we have self-respect, which is your belief that everything else that makes up you is worthy of and deserving of happiness, achievement, and love. So there's there's a lot of layers there, but self perception is is made up a lot of made up of a lot of things. And when I was when I was thinking about self perception and I was reading all this, the word that kept coming back to me, and we've talked about this a lot, is the word paradigm, which is basically what locks you in place and keeps you from moving forward. And I think your self-perception, your self-concept, your self-esteem, all of these things are, are, it's something that's built over time. And it's something that is built by people outside of you a lot of times. And, you know, it can take years to form. When you decide you don't want to be that person anymore, or you want to change your self-perception, you've got some work to do, you know? And I think that, um, your self-perception, one thing I thought this morning is your self-perception lies probably in your subconscious mind, which directs your conscious thought and takes you in directions maybe you would like to stop going but can't and you don't understand why. So getting getting to work on your self-perception is one of the most important things you can do because it's going to help you in all these other areas, make you feel better about yourself and then help you um, move in the right direction. So yeah, that's, it, there's a lot of information, but you know, we can unpackage that. We can, we can talk about it. Um, you can tell me your thoughts or what stuck out 
for you from all that? Yeah, I think that um, you great, brought up some great points about it. And not only that, but I think that there's a instant thing for everyone that's listening to do is take out a sheet of paper and describe yourself. Write mm-hmm. down who yourself is. And this is kind of like, um, you know, don't, don't lie to yourself. Write it down two different times because that first time through, you're going to, you're going to be a lot easier on yourself than you are on the second, second round through because the ego is coming in and saying, Oh, you're good. You're doing this. You're doing that. You know, excuses galore for the, re- the, the things that you're not doing that you actually do want to do. And that's part of the programming that's in you. So you have to really pay attention to what you want, who you want to be, how you want to be that person and the things that you want to be doing and the people that you want to be around. And you have to start removing those things from your life immediately for a different result than what you're getting. Mm -hmm. Um, And the self-esteem, you know, so many people um, are just constantly breaking themselves down, but having a, outside that makes them look strong but but they're really not they could Mm -hmm. the smallest stone could throw them off of their path forever right and so just know that everyone out there no matter if it is the 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 best person in in their field has always got questions same kind of questions that you've got about things and don't let anybody fool you into thinking that it's different from that. So now, on on self-esteem, I had something written down because this is a really interesting formula. And I think it's um, it makes you think a little bit. So under self-esteem, a guy named William James came up with a formula. And self-esteem is the ratio of a person's success to that of their expectations. So the higher the success or the lower the expectations, the greater the self-esteem. I think that's that's really fascinating. So if you if you go into a situation with zero expectations and something great happens, then you're going to feel really good about yourself. If you go into a situation with really high expectations and it doesn't meet that, you're going to feel like a failure. So I, I, I just, I, I wonder like what's better to have high expectations and never hit them or to have low expectations and, um, you know, always exceed them. And then the other thing I was thinking too, is that don't you think society has made it a point to lower everyone's expectations so that they feel good about themselves while not achieving too much? And everything stays status quo. Is that too deep a thought for Saturday no. afternoon? That is uh, the only thing that's going on. I mean, seriously, it's it's crazy. Uh, you know, it's like we're trying to build a box that is encompasses everyone inside of it, and everyone else should be accepting to everything that's in that box, no matter what. And it's like, that's against cultural, that's against everything 
that we've learned as a society early on and it's against what you really feel from inside because you want to be friends with people that are similar to you you want to do things with people that have the same kind of interest as you and it's fine to be that way and other people can do the things that they want to do with people that they want to be around and it's like everyone's being forced to think certain ways and you know a lot of people's self-esteem is being controlled by well i don't like that or i don't want to do that so i'm a bad person because i don't fall in line with that and it, it's just like when a movie comes out or a new vehicle video game computer, netflix show yeah whatever it is and they're just running advertisement on it nonstop. And it, it, let's say that it carries a big name. It's like one of the biggest, uh, you know, franchises that are out there. If that movie is absolute, absolutely horrible or that vehicle or that computer, then it's going to be a lot worse overall for that brand than if the expectation wasn't so high to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, and then how many times have you seen a movie or seen a vehicle or what, you know, whatever it is out there and you had no expectations about it. And then you're like, Oh wow, that's really nice. You know, uh, or it was a really good movie. And so I see how that plays in directly to what you were talking about there and how our society just keeps everything stacked. We're all, mm-hmm. we always have something stacked and loaded. There's no peace. If you look at, any kind of television show, any kind of, uh, you know, news media outlet, there's like no peaceful stories. Nobody's talking about, you know, this family had a wonderful vacation and everything was great. You know, (laughs) I mean, right. Because people want to read about things that are worse than what's going on in their life. So, and they just feed off of the negativity of it too, because it's a chain reaction. So if you've got 20 negative um, things going on and it goes from negative to negative to negative, well, then your self perception starts to get mixed into that. And you don't know why you're so unhappy, why you're stressed out. And then you're going to a doctor saying that you're stressed out because of something that's not even actually happening in your life. Mm-hmm. I would I would bet that seventy percent of people that are stressed out are stressed out about stuff that has nothing to do with their personal life. Do you know what I'm right. saying? I get it. Like I'm, I, I mean, get I get the get the stuff. Maybe it's fifty percent. Uh, you know, if you're worried about paying for something or doing something like that, but then you add on a stress about something that you wouldn't even know existed if you didn't turn on the television or turn on your phone and go to a website and listen to that website. And it's just, I don't know, uh, turning it off is uh, a very good thing to do and a, a good way to improve your self-esteem as well because our, our society tells you what a good person is too. Mm-hmm. Um whether it's the way that the person looks or the way the person acts, whatever it is, they're, they've got a specific script that they say that you should follow. And if you fall outside of those lines, then you are not as good a person 
as the next. So that, that leads into something or is else. That that, just my perception. I mean, if it's your perception, then it's, it's a hundred percent correct. We know that. So another thing I came about this morning was um, this cultivation theory, which I, I thought tied in nicely. And I, I want to mention it. There's a study done in the 60s by George Gerbner. I hope I'm not butchering his name, but I probably am. And George did a study on the long-term exposure of media on the population. And there was some, some interesting things here, and I think it ties back into self-perception. So through his studies, and this is kind of a... Um, you know, there's a lot of points of contention here. A lot of people have debunked this, but, you know, there's there's some truth to everything. He introduced in the 60s a study and implies that expose, ex- long-term exposure to media can change how groups of people interpret social realities um, according to how they're predicted, uh, depicted in the media, especially with TV. So I'll just read these. TV influences society's manner of reality and thinking. Watching TV may not cause a behavior, but TV over time could significantly influence how we perceive the world. And so because TV significantly shapes attitude towards opinion of reality, regular viewers of violent content, for instance, were likely to experience more fear, pessimism, anxiety, and a greater, greater alertness to imaginary threats. So just long-term exposure to any opinion can cause you to lump that in to your own opinions and change the way you react or think over time. The way I think that ties into self-perception is that um, if if your self-esteem or your self-concept is tied up in a particular attribute, but that attribute is not something that's rewarded early on, or it's not something that's rewarded by the media, or it's not seen as important, then you could have a low self-perception of self and low self-esteem because you're not getting any gratification for what you feel like is a positive attribute. And um, if you go through life and you're surrounded by people that tell you you're never going to amount to anything, that tell you that the, what you're spending your time on is not worthwhile, that tell you this, that, or the other, eventually you're going to cultivate that into your own self-concept, even though you don't want it there, and it's going to influence your behavior. So it's important to me, it's important to filter things out. It's important to take a look at who has influence over you or what has influence over you and make sure that it's steering you in the right direction. And then it's also important to be your own person and know your value above all other things and know that you matter and know that your self-perception matters and how you go into every situation matters. Yeah. And if you, um, if you really start looking into media and things like that, you will notice that the majority of the studies about this kind of thing actually stopped in the sixties mm-hmm. um, from several different studies um, that I'm talking about. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and 
the thing about it is, is there's so much information now available with the internet and the barrage of televisions, uh, shows and all of the different types of uh, consumption that we do that studies and things of that nature really don't make it bubbled up to the top unless it is something that that group wants to be bubbled up to the top. It's got to fit the narrative. Right. So it's like, why is it that in the 60s, so 60 years ago, they were talking about this, but we're not still talking about it today. Did something really... Did, did that just go away? Well, there's no way that that's not the case at all. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the reason why this is important to talk about on the self-perception is, is because you have to identify everything in a list for yourself that you are letting make up your self-identity today and the perception that you have of it in every situation. So pull the piece of paper out, like we said earlier, Start writing down things about yourself, mark off the things that you don't want, and then rewrite it with the way that you do want. And then start reading that on a daily basis and start to become in the, in the, you know, the feeling of that person instead of the feeling of the, excuse me, the person that you are today, because you can beat yourself up till you go in the ground or you can change today. Mm-hmm. You have that option. And I promise you that Matt and I both could sit here and list more reasons than you can imagine not to do something. It's so easy. That's, mm-hmm. that's so much easier to do than to list three reasons to do it or three reasons that we were going to do it. So everyone has that going on in their head programming from whatever it is that's programming you you got to look at is it your parents is it your friends and if you're hanging out with a group of friends that has the exact same mentality around what they've been doing for like let's say 10 years you can talk to some people not talk to them for five years not talk to them for 10 years and you call them up and it's like, you didn't miss one day. Mm-hmm. It's like, they're talking about the exact same problem, exact same situation. And you just go, wait, what just happened? Did we just go through a time warp? Because right. everything seems the same. And, you know, you have to, one, be able to immediately reject that they're on that path of nowhere, unless and you've got to start changing the way that you perceive that person as well. Otherwise, you have to move that person out of your life. It's a hard thing to do. Because your perception of yourself and your perception of them with you is something that's causing you to be part of the way that you are. So if you aren't somebody that's going to be helping that person, if you're complaining about them or if you're talking negative about them, then you're just breaking yourself down. True, true. I've got a top 10. Top 10. I've got 10 secrets of people that have positive self-perception. Do you want to hear the 10? Let's go. 
So I got this from a website. I mean, don't laugh at the URL, right? <laughs> it's from Fairy God Boss. So I don't know the legitimate legitimacy of these. I think there probably could have just been six because some of them are um, the same. Some of, some of them are the same, just just worded differently. But I think some of them are really good. So number one, they give themselves credit, right? How often have you been given a compliment and you're like, oh, you know, it was easy or just got lucky, you know? No, you didn't. You earned it. Give yourself some credit. They are present, right? You're not worried about what happened in the past. You're not tied up in guilt. You're not anxious for what's coming. You're in the present moment. You keep it real. You don't exaggerate the situation. You don't create drama where there isn't any, right? You just, it is what it is. They don't dwell on things. This is a lot like being present, so I'm going to skip it. In control. This is a lot like keeping it real to me, but you know, you, you don't sway one way or the other. You're right down the middle. You let go of things. It's also being present, in my opinion. You make no comparisons. Your success is your own. Don't compare it to someone else's. Uh, your failures are your own. Don't compare it to someone else. You're kind to yourself. You don't beat yourself up because you know you know what you're capable of. You know you're worthy. So there's no reason. There's no need to be hard on yourself because the world is already going to be hard on you. Perfection is an illusion. There's no perfect moment. There's no perfect situation. Uh, there's no perfect environment. So don't wait for it to be perfect. Just get moving. And then the last one is they, they just, they're more grateful. Grateful for who they are, where they are, when they are. And I mean, I, I think that's a good list. It seems pretty simple, but I think a lot of times um, you have you have these kind of built-in reactions to certain situations. I know I'm very self-deprecating. I know it's hard for me to to take credit for things. I'd rather assign that credit to someone else because that's what um, society tells me a good person does. But you know, if you if you have a high concept of self, then you want to be rewarded for what you've accomplished, and you absolutely should be. So, any anything on that list stick out to you? Oh yeah, I mean, I feel like that that list uh, sums up so much of what we talk about on this channel because. Every one of those is such a, 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 you know, can make an extreme difference in your life and the way that you feel and the things that you do. And, you know, so many times throughout my life, you know, throughout my 20s, um, as a teenager, you know, you hear this kind of stuff and you're like, whatever. You know, that mm -hmm. has nothing to do with my life. That has to do with somebody else's life or, yeah, that person thinks that because this, that, and the other. You know, that we make a million excuses of why we shouldn't do something or why the information that you're hearing has nothing to do with your life specifically and everything to do with just that other person. I just, could I go back and tell myself to listen? I mean, that's... But wait, then I'm living in the past. So, yeah. Be present, uh, Rusty. Be present. Yeah. So it's Be just present I'm and thankful. in control. Yeah. I'm thankful for 
the fact that I can see it now and mm-hmm. because so many people never get the gift of sight on this kind of thing. Um, you know, there's people in their seventies, eighties that have the same mentality that they had when they were 20 years old and, you know, not much changed. So I'm just thankful for that. I know that it's, uh, you know, everyone would like to learn stuff, uh, earlier on, but sometimes it's just not meant to be for you until later. Yep. So I wanted to, I want to say this, I, I've been doing a lot of Christmas shopping and I, I may end the, end the episode where you just wrapped it up. Um, I've been doing Christmas shopping and I bought Jake and Mickey journals. So like leather bound journals. I went to um, Barnes and Noble and they want, they wanted like $25 for a journal. Right. So while I was in there, as much as I hated to do it, I went on Amazon and I bought two journals that are going to be delivered some point this week so I can wrap them. But I thought it was a, a really good present because I had, I had an aunt, my aunt Judy, who bought me a journal and I still have it. And she wrote a note in it in like probably 1992, which is so long ago. And it was something to the, to the effect of use this journal to write down your thoughts, ideas, and uh, things that motivate you so that one day you can come back and you can remember who you were or see what you thought or whatever. So I just, I thought it would be an interesting present for my kids now, just simply because of what we talk about, you know, writing down your thoughts, writing down your goals, having something to refer to, maybe like a time capsule. So not so much a journal of here's what happened to me on Tuesday, but more a journal of here's what I want to accomplish. Here's what I think about myself. Here's um, something that I want to do, whatever. So um, I don't know if they're going to be as accepting of it or think of it for what it is or even use it that way. But I think it's a, it's a good way to start building that framework of, you know, where you put your thoughts, um, where you set your intentions you know, writing down your goals is an important step towards becoming the person that you want to be. And I, I hope they get that. I don't know if they will. Oh yeah, that's, that's great. And you know, if you, if you write that note in there, uh, to the same effect or, or make it your own, um, it's going to be so, uh, it's going to be something that they look back on forever. If they look into it at all, you know? Yeah. Uh, just depends on the age of the person, I guess, or the way they are. Blake, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) These pages don't light up, dad. Yeah. What is, what is going on here? Honey, you you have to put the energy into it. And then the (laughs) other thing I want to wrap up too is, uh, tonight, I don't normally do this, but I had a buddy reach out to me this week via text and it's a friend of mine from college. He lives like less than three miles from me and we never hang out. So he sent me a text about something and I was like, Hey, we should hang out. And this friend has, um, is really into board games, right? So we're basically, we're taking the kids over there and we're going to play board games, eat some food, drink some wine, whatever. So it had me, made me think, I don't know if you're into board games or what your favorite board game is. So I'm curious 
Do you have a favorite board game? Oh yeah, I love I love Monopoly. Monopoly is it? But I don't really play it much because uh, it's so long. Yeah, it's a long. It's a. It's such a long game. Mine is Connect Four. Mm. I just I enjoy. It's a strategy game, but it's not too much strategy. And at the end, you get to flip the little switch, and all the pieces come crashing down. Um, That's good. It's fun. Do you know what the ten most profitable board games of all time are? Monopoly has to be on the top, but probably maybe Scrabble is over it. Okay. So I was surprised by what's number one. I think you would be too. So 10 through one, here we go. Game of Life is number 10. That's the one where you have the little you have a little thing you spin and you take oh. steps and you're in the station wagon and you like you get a kid and you get a, like pets and you get these little dots that you put in there. Hmm. But anyway, it's like okay. it's like a career game. Yeah. Um, Candyland is number nine. Got that. Love Candyland. Mm-hmm. Battleship. Mm. Played a ton of Battleship. Comes in at number eight. Number seven, Trivial Pursuit. What? There is literally a Monopoly for every single thing in the world, though. Like, you can get Monopoly for your local area, or you can well, get Monopoly for... So we're only on number seven. But... Monopoly I mean, is coming. Okay. Monopoly okay, is coming. okay. Shout out to my uh, late stepfather, George. Had a photographic memory. Great at Jeopardy. A beast at Trivial Pursuit. Clue number six. That is a, that's a favorite of my house. I like Clue. I, I once guessed the exact right combination on the first turn before anyone else got to go. Best game ever. And and I told them before we play that game, I was only playing yeah. one game. And I <laughs> I was done. I ended game yeah. night in no time. Number five, Scrabble. Scrabble's one of my mom's personal favorites. Number four is Rusty's favorite, Monopoly. Well. Three is Backgammon, which is a oh, fun so game. Wait, we're counting down? Uh-huh, we're counting down. So oh, okay. I didn't, I fourth didn't most is attention. Monopoly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. okay. I went I 10 to 1. Now. I now, feel better. <laughs> now you get it. So number two, checkers. I think that's just, that's longevity speaking. Yeah. And then definitely number one, chess mm-hmm. is longevity speaking. Since well, but this is top been around grossing, for a really correct? long time. Yeah, top grossing. Yeah, I mean, but a checkerboard, I mean, a chessboard and a checkerboard you can have extremely expensive options on those. Yes. And I think that a Monopoly board, like the most expensive one I've seen is like 150 bucks. Maybe there was a $300 one at FAO Schwartz at one point, but a chess board, I'm, I'm sure those can go into the thousands to have. You don't think you can get like a Gucci version of Monopoly that's just like, you know, diamond studded hotels? Probably, but maybe those aren't calculated in because they're one-offs. Yeah. So my my favorite Connect Four was number twenty on this list, and then shout out to Risk, which is probably one of the best strategy board games out there. Risk is a fun one. Yeah, I would I would like to uh, I want to play the uh, um, I want to play some of those now. Yeah. So I don't think we'll play any of those tonight, but um, 
I don't know. It was it was interesting to look at that list and see what's out there and what was top grossing. I found that one of my favorite found that uh, fun to card, go. Card games is uh, Mind Trap. Mind Trap. Mm-hmm. Like M I N D or M I N E. Mind yeah. Trap. Yeah, and it's just basically questions that you have to figure out how it's possible. Hmm. Like, you know, like somebody gets killed or something and you have to figure out how it would even be a possibility or how you move. I can't think of any examples right now, unfortunately. But it's kind of like a escape, but with cards. Yeah. 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 And it's pretty neat. Or like, you know, it'll be like, how could you use these coins to be this amount of money or whatever? Mm. That kind of thing is just random questions. Sometimes it will be, uh, you know, something to do with now. And sometimes it'll be anyway. I loved it. I, don't know. I like it. I like it. I don't know how I'm going to use any of this for content, but. Really excited to talk about. We'll see what, we'll see what it do. What else, dude? So, Anything else? Uh, we'd love you guys to like and subscribe and, uh, you know, tell us if this is something that will help you out and, um, you know, get, get writing down the things. Oop. Wow. My earphone just fell off. So, uh, <laughs> write down the, um, write down uh who you are and uh we write down who you are and let's let's get changing who you are if it's not who you want to be become a part of the unscrewed mind by following us on twitter instagram and youtube at unscrewed mind also feel free to email rusty and i our address is unscrewed at gmail.com tell us what you thought of the show pitch a subject for a future show or just say hi and until next time stay grateful